0: By popular demand, we have Alan Zizlowski again. And by popular, I mean, uh, no, I, I get good feedback every time we do these, Alan. So it is popular demand. But, you know, we've got the Super Bowl still to play. And I'll just let you know. So if I'm a little off my game or more curmudgeonly than usual, if that's possible, uh, I am fasting since Sunday night. So I haven't eaten mm. anything. It's Wednesday at 3 p.m. Portugal time as we're recording this. So I'm going to fast till tomorrow night. And I just had a, I I kept thinking, oh, it's only about 24, 28 hours till I get to eat, you know, and I'm thinking about all the things. I went to the grocery store, which is really dangerous, right? When you're fasting, Mm. buying everything. And, you know, I'm thinking about all the stuff I'm going to eat. And then I just had an epiphany. I was like, who really cares? Just eating, right? You eat all the time. You're not like a happier person because you eat. It's just when you're fasting, you're like, oh, I can't wait to eat, right? But like everybody else in the world is just eating, stuffing their face every day and they're no happier than I am. And I realize I'm not suffering. I'm not suffering at all. Of course, I want to eat some food, but just a weird thing. Like, you know what? I, I feel normal. You know, like it's just the idea of food sounds good, but it's, it's like just, it's just the idea. Like there's no reason to look for, oh, it's just 28 more hours. I've done it for, you know, 70 hours so far. Like it barely well, matters to me.
1: You're underestimating. I think eating is one of the great pleasures of life. I mean, obviously sex, eating, um, you know, any sort of dopamine hits, anything that gives you that. And I think that just, you know, constructing a sandwich or cooking a good steak and then, you know, seeing your output and then eating and then having that flavor burst in your mouth. So uh, it's not only, you know, obviously becomes there's problems with it, like any other addiction. But I think that you're underestimating that it's one of the great pleasures.
0: No, I know it's a great pleasure, but I'm just saying like, just, it's not like, like everybody that we know has access or most people we know have access to like a pantry full of food that they can just stuff their face full all day. And many do. And yet they're not like super happy. Like, yeah, it's to go out to a good steak or Lotus of Siam or whatever is amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like really good, but it's not like just the fact of eating is just like, like, you realize, like, I'm eating, I'm not eating. What's what's the difference? It doesn't really matter. Everyone's like, oh, I can't fast. I would just be too hard, blah, blah. But the truth is, like, there's Oscar, if you can hear him. Yeah, the he truth doesn't is, want to fast. No, he, uh, we do fast him on Monday nights because we were eat, overfeeding him, in the, uh, and the vet said it's a good idea to, like, have him skip a meal now and then. And then Heather blew it because she just can't not yes, give him yeah. what he wants, you know? It's just like, you know, same thing. When Oscar uh, looks at
1: you with those eyes, it's hard not to give exactly, him cable I mean, table scraps.
0: I, Yeah, I give him table scraps, but Mm. I've created a monster because the dude just won't shut up sometimes when you're at dinner. But anyway, my point just is uh, I'm fasting, so, you know, I don't know. I feel normal, but I'm just saying if I get a little, uh, you know, more more salty than usual – (laughs)
1: <laughs> is that possible? Yeah, yeah. I tried again. I won't bore the audience cause they, they more care about your fasting, but you know, I tried it once maybe, uh, you know, maybe 12, 13 years ago. I didn't last long. I had to, ha- I was a real, you know, nutless monkey I had to eat avocado, which the fat, the fasting coach said was okay. If you really get desperate. So didn't work out for me, but I would be interested in trying again. It's, um,
0: it, just, you know, if you were locked in a room by some like terrorists in a hostage situation, like you would just not eat and you wouldn't die.
1: Yeah, just like on the there's an HBO end, end of the world show called uh, Last of Us that's on right now. The guy said he goes, I haven't eaten in two days. He goes, actually, that doesn't sound like a lot, does it? So yeah, yeah. yeah. um, a big news you know from sports and real man sports. I mean, Brady retiring again, again.
0: Yeah, I mean, no one's taking it as as big as last <laughs> year because we're like, well, he'll just come <laughs> back with Gronk next year somewhere. But I think he should retire. I think he was just a little bit worse this year. The age was starting to show a little bit. You started to realize that once Tampa's offensive line had injuries, it wasn't as good. Um, he was kind of in trouble. I, I think he could probably play at like a league average level maybe again. Which is fine. Who doesn't, I mean, need, who doesn't need
1: Kirk Cousins? Who doesn't need Derek Carr? No, 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 no,
0: no. Kirk Cousins is, is better. But like Derek Carr is probably a good comp at this point. Or, you know, someone like that. Peak Andy um, Dalton. Yeah. Or like average Andy Dalton. Like current right. day Andy Dalton. But the point is, like, why go out like that, right? If you're not – I don't know. He he may not agree, or he may agree, and that's why he's retiring. But um, if you're not really, like, a plus, plus quarterback, if you're Tom Brady, like, why play out the string? What's the point?
1: Well, I, I think there's a couple different – and this is just me projecting into Brady's head, which could be a dangerous thing. But, you know, there, there was some early feelers out there. Will he go to Miami? Will he go to San Francisco? And Miami immediately shut it down, said, no, no, no. We are with Tua. So – it's probably better for Brady in his own mind and whatever his agent said to him, retire. And if somebody really wants you, you can unretire, just like you did last year. There's precedent for this with Brett Favre, but for him to say, No, I'm looking for a team. And then for all the musical chairs to get, you remember when we were little kids and musical chairs and you were the one standing? That was a bad feeling. I was
0: never the one standing out.
1: <laughs> Real man, elbows, elbows, <laughs> little kids. <laughs> again. But I'm just saying, that you, I did feel empathy for that person. And and Brady can't handle being the guy standing. So let's say, you know, Derek Carr gets here and Jimmy Garoppolo gets signed by the Jets. I'm just making these up. And now Brady's the one waiting for an injury and he's sitting there. Oh, wait, I didn't get picked. It's better for it's It's the same thing. They could still put out feelers because he's, quote, retired. So it's one of those fake retirements where he could end up being retired in my mind, but. At least he could save face if he doesn't get any interest.
0: Right, that makes sense. And but he might really be retired. Like there's yes. also the possibility that totally. there's no, he's not he doesn't care whether someone gives him an offer. He just is literally thought it through and he's done. But yeah, it's gonna be you know it's weird. You look at Michael Jordan in that documentary and he's like, boozing hard, smoking a <laughs> hundred cigars, kind of fat. You're like, oh, that this is not good for him. Like retirement is. You know, he's not suited to retirement because he's right. so competitive. And Brady, is the only, Jordan and Brady the only two guys that I really kind of, at least in team sports, that I put in yeah. that level of just insanity of, of competitiveness. And, you know, you got to find something that's going to occupy you in the same way, right? You can't just like, it's tough for someone like that, I would imagine. Yeah, but Brady already
1: has a multi, multi-million dollar deal for Fox. Like, there's already
0: talk. No, no, no I- I'm not talking about money. I'm just talking about, like, you know, well, if he's, he's just like a, a mediocre, mediocre broadcaster versus, you know, you, you look at some of these guys like Dan Marino, right? Dan Marino wasn't like Tom Brady. But, like, you know, he does some broadcasting for a bunch of years. Everyone likes right. him. It's Dan Marino. But you're like, it's not the same thing as NFL competition. You know, I mean, these guys, the, the level they functioned at, and especially someone like Brady, man, I, I wonder what he's going to do. Like, he's just going to be some. I wonder if he'd be a good commentator. That'd be real, I, I'd be curious no. to hear him.
1: You do no, so. I, I don't think so. I mean, if you ever seen a Tom Brady interview, they're horrible. They're boring.
0: Like that but, podcast. Well, go ahead. No, no, that, that's the crux right there. But, uh, but oh yeah, maybe the podcast. But when you're in the game, right? Like, it kind of behooves you to just be as dull as possible, mm. because you know, if you say something, you know, it's just going to cause unnecessary distractions to you. Um, If you say anything of substance, but when you're out, it's like, fuck you're it. Free. You know? You're free. Well, you're a little more free, but also like, it's not like people being pissed is going to matter. It's like, you're not like trying to focus on a game and anything that you're known for besides football is a distraction. This is just, you know, this is just pure. Like, in fact, controversy is probably good in some ways.
1: Yeah, I'm actually drawing a lot of parallels now between Chris Liss and Tom Brady retires, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, not that you weren't uh, not that you were inhibited from saying whatever you want, but now you can really say whatever you want. You can't be canceled. You can't be fired. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, Tom Brady is is emulating your career path here.
0: Yeah, he, he wishes he were me. It's funny because Dalton brought that up last year. We're talking about because he retired like right when I retired last year. Right, right. And I said, Yeah, we're very similar. We're equally good at our craft. We have an equally hot wife. You know, it's totally like the same person. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean you can't like just say whatever you want as like a NFL broadcaster by any means. But like no, he it's can't. just like a it, it's just a different role, right? Like right. it's just like you're not it, it's like if I were a player that I was my, my only focus. I didn't care what people thought of me, my personality. I wasn't trying to develop a brand. I just simply wanted to win Super Bowls, which it seems like that's like what his life's work was, obviously, because nobody else is that psycho about it. You don't really want to say shit in an interview. You want to say something like, yeah, the team played really hard. They're a formidable opponent, whatever boring you want to be as boring as possible.
1: Yeah. So you had said uh, on a, there's basically the New York jets would be a great landing spot for him, but there's no way he could do it. Right. I mean, that's, that's where it is. Cause they're it's just been, a veteran. It's beneath,
0: it's beneath anybody. Alan, it's right. beneath, it's not just beneath Brady. It would be beneath you. If they're like, here's a million dollars, go play for the jets. You'd be like, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's beneath me. You know, yeah. you don't, you don't go to the jets. I mean, Favre did it at the very dregs of the end. And he's not proud of that. I guarantee.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, that was his only option because they wouldn't trade him in division. And then you remember he went to the Vikings after anyway. So he yeah, well, had I, to do- oh,
0: the Vikings after the jets. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. And that was, because
0: oh, he was great on the Vikings.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. I, if I'm wrong on that, um, here we could check. Yeah, that you might you might be right. It's just it's right. just
0: rare that a guy has the performance Favre had on the Jets at his age, and then is actually then, good afterward.
1: Right. He was he was like an MVP. He was definitely oh, a Pro Bowl caliber I mean, guy on the Vikings. So.
0: Dude, they, lo- they lost that game to the Saints, right? And it was mm-hmm. like a good game, right? And and they probably would have won the Super Bowl if they won that game.
1: Yeah. So. When you talk about Brady, you also have to connect that to what was going on in San Francisco. And it's just the craziest thing because like fantasy football, social media and pundits are like writing Trey Lance off for dead, right? And now like he's back, right? Because Brock Purdy is going to be out for six months. I mean, you know more about this UCL injury because I believe it's, is it a pitch? Is it an injury that's common in pitchers?
0: Tommy John surgery. That's the Uh, Tommy John. So what is
1: the ramifications? Like, what do you think is like realistic?
0: Well, I don't know, because it's different with a quarterback and a pitcher, right? A pitcher is much harder on their mm. arm, I think. You know, you don't see quarterbacks. You see quarterbacks like Brady playing for 20 years, and there's no arm issues. You know, right. it's like you might get a weaker arm, but unless you get hit on the shoulder or you get hurt and you get dumped on your shoulder, um, quarterbacks typically don't have any problem throwing a football. You don't get Tommy John surgery from throwing a football the way you do with breaking pitches where you're snapping your wrist and you're doing all sorts of things. You're throwing a hundred miles. I mean, I guess you're throwing hard with the football, but baseball is a lot smaller. You ever throw a tennis ball Throw out your arm doing that? Like, you'll, so I don't Brock, know. I, so so they're normally, saying six well, months, they're saying okay, six right. months. So a pitcher would be like 18 months before he's really himself. They used to do a year, but now they're sort of extending it. If they say six months, I, I trust that, you know, it's just, so the, pitching is much worse. So that would put him in, put back
1: in, in the mix in August. Trey Lance is going to be ready in about three weeks. So on previously on Real Man Wood podcast we were talking about is it Brock Purdy if he gets them all the way to the Super Bowl is it Trey Lance, so now I mean we're just in let's say that I mean Trey Lance is obviously going to be the incumbent starter for San Francisco right and then when Brock Purdy if he's healthy enough is this how do you how do you think this and the reason I'm asking you is because even though you're you're switching a little bit more to baseball mode I know that you have a little resistance to that there's there's, like, there's early best ball going on there's dynasty and again I know those things aren't like in your sphere but. I'm curious of your opinion, since I get deep in those waters, which San Francisco quarterback, if any, and where would you, you think they should be drafted?
0: Well, now it's really hard to say because the, you know, know. The, course, the course of the rehab is going to be a big deal, right? Because like, let's just say he's 100% healthy August 1st. Let's just make it simple because okay. if it's injured, then we can't say. Right. Let's say he's like himself. He's like ready to go. Um, he's passed every test. I think it's interesting. First of all, you know, we don't know what Kyle Shanahan's going to do, right? We don't know what he's, who he's going to favor, you know, or just going to make it an open competition. Secondly, you know, Trey Lance, poor guy, right? He gets drafted third and they still had Garoppolo. So there was this kind of short leash feeling for him all the time. And, and, you know, the team's so good around him that, you know, they can't really be patient. It's not like a a project. It's not like a rebuild project. It's a win now, obviously. And so, you know, he's he just can never just get in the NFL and just play on a on a growing team like even Danny Dimes, right? Like there's no pre like he he, he was a sixth overall pick, but they didn't trade up to get him. It wasn't this whole big thing. And yet he was pretty much like unmolested, like and that's not co for anything, uh <laughs> just uh being able to do his thing for four years, you know, without really having someone like about to take his job. And Trey Lance never's had that. So it really depends on Kyle Shanahan, you know, what he thinks about it. And we don't really know that yet. Um, but if Lance is the guy, um, I think he's probably worth, you know, an eighth, ninth round pick just for upside. Like
1: QB 10 um, ish, right? Yeah, man? just
0: because, you know, I mean, this year it wasn't the case that you just, oh, I'll just grab Matthew Stafford, no big right. deal. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Russell work Wilson. Out. Yeah. yeah. Although I'm probably back in on Wilson, I was just, uh, that was
1: my next question for you, Chrysalis. Yeah, yeah. You know the Sean Payton signing. This this changes everything, right? I mean, it, you they traded Sean Payton was uh, was still under contract with the Saints. The Saints, uh, the Denver traded a first, a second, and a third for him, essentially, right? I mean, so now they have probably one of the top five offensive coaches, probably one of the top five coaches currently right now in the NFL. So does this change your outlook? You already answered the question for Russell Wilson, or were you just back in on Wilson regardless if they just got someone at least average,
0: well, if they re-signed, uh, rehired Nathaniel Hackett, I would not be back in. Oh, the jets but, have him now. Yeah, exactly. That's it's a great jets <laughs> pickup. But the thing is that I don't know that Sean Payton's a top five coach. I know that he had Drew Brees. Part of that might've been Payton, but Drew Brees is as good as last year in San Diego. They had San Drew Brees from San Diego. For a, it was San Diego. <laughs> oh, right,
1: right, 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 right. It, it was, was San Diego. Right.
0: Um, but Drew Brees, you know, might've been why Peyton was considered an offensive genius. Who knows, right? But maybe he's good. I wouldn't say he's a top five coach. I think, you know, he's probably a good coach and he might be a top five offensive coach. Um, We'll see him with another quarterback. But I just, I don't know. I just feel like Russell Wilson, like I watched him a couple of times. He moved well. He didn't look old to me. He didn't have that like old man look. He looked like himself. It's just nothing was clicking. Like he you know, he made bad decisions. The receivers didn't seem to be getting open. Um, the offensive scheme was predictable. It was just, there was no real, there's something just out of sync, right? And so like changing the system and the coach seems like a good idea. And I feel like, you know, that what you saw in Seattle for, you know, 10 years could not just be an illusion. I mean, he was really an amazing player. So I, I just don't think like Geno Smith, oh, look, Geno's even better. But then after like half a season, Geno was not Russell Wilson. So I I just think, like, at the cost, which will be, like, a 12th-round pick or, or later, 13th-round pick with Metcalf and Lockett there, I I just think you want to have some Russell Wilson.
1: Yeah, well, Russell Wilson's not going to have Metcalf and Lockett. He's
0: going to have... Oh, sorry sorry sorry, 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 <laughs> You were thinking... That's g Sorry, You're right, you're right, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, Judy's weird because he always has this monster game in <laughs> Week 18 or Week 17. His two biggest yardage games of his career were, like, after everyone, like, kind of mailed it in. Um, and then Sutton is, like... He's kind of like a poor man's Allen Robinson. Like he did it once. He's got that sort of size, speed, second-round pick pedigree. But like, is he actually good? Like, no, I don't know.
1: The answer is he's okay. He's, he's he's better than Kenny Galladay. Put it that way.
0: Those are all the same kind of guy. Like Correct. Robinson. Robinson's the best of the three. Got peak Galladay. You know, not the okay. version that, that's there now. Mm-hmm. And then Cortland Sutton. So, you know, they have that tight end. Um, what's uh, his Dulcich?
1: name? Dulcich. Dulcich. Albert O. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, Albert kind of like that ship has sailed, it seems like, but Javante Williams will be, well, I don't know if he'd be a hundred percent, but should be back. So, you know, you've got some pieces, but th- th- look, look at Dable and Danny Dimes this year, like the scheme and the coaching matters so much. I mean, it's like, if Danny Dimes could go from what he was to what he is, if Peyton does a good job, then Wilson, you know, I mean, who knows, but I'll still, I'll still have some shares.
1: I'll give you a, a one point of optimism for uh, for Jerry Judy because you said you you made a, an interesting point. And I think there's a perception on him that he's just kind of he pops up when it doesn't matter when it when the chips were on the table in fantasy football from week 14 to 18, and I'm including 18 because it helps my case. Uh, he was the wide receiver one overall, not oh, a crazy. wide receiver one. The wide receiver one. That's a that's a long stretch. Now again, I'm including a, a, a meaningless right. game, in but, week but that
0: game, but that game matters. It's meaningless to us, but it's right. still the Denver was eliminated anyway. They were trying in all those games the same mm-hmm. amount. So yeah, I think that matters in terms of part of the sample. And what one of my favorite fantasy football
1: strategies is to look at players that generally have underperformed that are still like good or high pedigree. Look at that last like five or six or even eight weeks. And if they finish strong, like that's a trend moving in the right direction. Amon Ross St. Brown was the extreme example of that two years ago, right? Right And uh, is Jerry Judy that type of player? I don't know. But in, in the two uh, NFFC best balls that I did, he goes like late fifth round. And, you know, there's room to move up if he ends up being the guy. So he's a player that I'm going to be very in on in the two or three drafts I've done already. I've already, you know, reached for it. Well, when I say reach, I've just taken him anytime I'm up in the fifth round. I'm seeing how far I can push it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the other thing is he gets hurt a lot. You know, there's yes. those guys. He's not quite Kadarius Tony, but he's sort of like he's pretty fragile. So I think fifth is about right. You know, I yeah. think like, yeah, there's obviously ceiling if Peyton gets that offense going and you know, he's the number one guy, but you know, I mean, Courtland Sutton might be still the number one guy, right?
1: I mean the highest uh, someone, uh, this again, I'm I'm making it almost like this is a stat that I discovered. I've just heard someone else say it, but I think Cortland Sutton's highest seasonal finish is like wide receiver 40. Now, again, that takes into account injuries or
0: something like that. He had like a thousand yard season in like, Seven touchdowns one year, a couple of years ago. But yeah, he's not like – one thing I did right last year was I started hearing hype about like Cortland Sutton. No, oh, you got to – Allen Third Robinson. Round. Yeah, they're all pushing these guys up, and all like the Sharps are pushing these guys up. And, of course, nobody could – including me, didn't predict that Denver would just crater completely offensively. But it was like – the one time I almost took Allen Robinson, I was about to take him, and I was like – What if he was just old last year? What if he's just over the hill? You know, like, oh, that Stafford Rams offense, year two for Stafford, it's going to blow up. You know, he's going to be huge. And I was like, but what if? And I just took Deontay Johnson, who got no touchdowns instead. So it didn't really, it wasn't like a great pivot. And maybe it would have been better to have Robinson because I would have just sat, you know, I would have just got somebody else. But it was weird how some of these random guys got pushed up really aggressively.
1: All right. I'm also very curious about your thoughts on the teams that have been eliminated already. Uh, you know, it, we talked about in an earlier podcast, some of the wild card teams and divisionals. But uh, and I guess we already touched on San Francisco. How about Cincinnati, man? I mean, they're they Joe Burrow's about to get the big contract that always has ramifications. T Higgins is in the last year of his contract. Do you think they keep uh, find a way to keep everybody the now the offensive line? situation which by the way why did everyone just ignore that the offensive line was because
0: there was no problem in buffalo that's why it was really weird and i I thought they were going to beat buffalo and then i backed off that when i saw the offensive line injuries and then the offensive line didn't matter at all they were running the ball they were doing everything i thought oh i guess maybe those guys that were hurt weren't that good and the backups were better than we thought maybe it's not a big deal and then of course it totally mattered against chris (laughs) jones in kansas city but I want to talk about that game because I'm. I, it's it's my biggest pet peeve about the NFL was this game. It's it's my biggest. I mean, we talked about the stupid game. The, the NFC game was so stupid; it shouldn't be just just forfeit. Just don't even play it. It's not even worth anybody's time. But but I'll, I'll talk about it in a second. But yeah, I don't know. You know, obviously they're keeping Chase and Burrow for whatever cost, and Higgins is really good too. And depending well, on what what they can chase do, has
1: but, Chase is on the rookie contract. Right. T Higgins is due after this year,
0: right? I mean, I think that, you know. I don't think there's any reason to sign him ahead of time, right? Like just no. let him play. You could franchise him if you have to, and or let him go or sign him. You know, figuring it out later. But you know, that would be a pretty good core to keep together. Obviously, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't care about Mixon. P. got more snaps than Mixon, and you know, I don't it, think that's a priority.
1: Both are going to be gone. P Ryan's a, f- a complete free agent, and Mixon, I I think they could save. Again, I'm not like a cap specialist, but I do pay attention. I think they can save like 16 million dollars, yeah, which is yeah. significant Mixon, by cutting Mixon. Him. Is, yeah, yeah, no, they'll cut him. And there's, um, and there's so many viable free. There's Deontay Foreman, Miles Sanders. All these guys yeah. are free agents. Or just, anyway.
0: I mean, you know, as much as I'm a running backs matter guy, when you have McCaffrey or somebody or Derrick Henry or Barkley. To me, Mixon's not quite that level, and I I don't really. And he's been in the league a bunch of years. I, you know, I don't think I I think you just draft running back in the fourth round and see how it goes with Burrow, Chase, and Higgins. I mean, who cares, right? But that game, this is this is my biggest pet peeve uh, about the NFL, and it's really stupid. Is when there's penalties that don't affect the game, dead dead ball penalties, whatever you want to call them. I'm not talking about holding where. But for that hold, the quarterback would have got sacked. So you have to call that in the game. You got to make that a 10-yard penalty in the game. Or pass interference As troublesome as that one is. Dude, he would have caught a touchdown. You threw him down. You got to make it a spot foul or whatever they're doing. I-, I can't really quibble with that. You have to do that. Otherwise, defenses will just totally you know, interfere every time. But when you have a late hit out of bounds, which was a pretty ticky tack hit, but it was late. It was out of bounds. There's no doubt about that.
1: It was, it was, it was perception. Like the, when you watch it in slow motion, you could, you're going to break it down. But the, there wasn't anyone watching that didn't think a flag was going to be thrown.
0: Oh, of course there was a flag. And of course it was late, but he like just gave him a little push. And then because he fell down, it looked worse, but that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to even argue the call because I, I would think that's a no call because it was just a slight push, but I'm not going to say it was wrong to call a flag, you know, to throw a flag. I think that's fine. I'm not really going to quibble with that. My problem is they should never end a game on that. You know, this is two great quarterbacks, two good teams, all the marbles to get to the Super Bowl. And you're going to end it on that bullshit. What if he had taunted the same thing, taunting, you know, all that stuff. You want to deter it. They're like, but how are you going to deter this thing? Fucking electric shock to the testicles is fine, you know, after the game, you know, uh, jail time, you know, execution, fines, whatever you got to do. That's not, I don't care. Just do whatever you have to do to deter people, but don't make it affect the game because there's no, we have enough bullshit calls. Like as you saw in the first game, all game and that game that already make the game a bit tainted where it's not truly a a pure contest of skill and performance. It's there's, there's obviously luck with the way the ball bounces and that's okay. But you have these referees you know, impacting the game in a way that every fan at one point or another from every team is like, fuck, this is bullshit. I don't like this. Why would you add something to it that's totally preventable? All you got to do is say, we will electric shock your testicles if you do this. I mean, get what the is flag. the real answer? What's the real answer? I mean, a fine, you know, a suspension. Whatever, I mean, whatever, whatever. They'll figure it out. I don't even care what the answer is because you can deter people. The point is, obviously, in the, in the heat of the moment, in the game, he obviously didn't want to do that, right? He he just was really trying to stop Mahomes. And Mahomes also, you know, he'll sometimes like pretend he's going out of bounds and dance up the sideline a bit. So it's like, you know, you're just going to get the guy in a huge situation. So, you know, he should have been more aware, but I don't really fault him too much, right? But the point is that, And there's another thing that's annoying I'll I'll get into in a second.
1: Well, I I have Uh, a a tag on to what you were going to say there. There's Because I referee high school basketball, and again, obviously it's so much more low stakes in those situations, but we talk about those type of plays. You don't want to decide a game on a technical foul. So normally if a player is is being unsporting, what you could do, and again, this doesn't specifically apply to what you just said, but what you could do instead of giving a technical foul and the game's over because the other team gets two shots in the ball, you can give them an unsporting warning. Which right. does the same thing. So maybe there's a uh, uh, something you or, can put it there, or in. you
0: could eject the kid and like they have to put in a sub. But you know, but it's not a, a technical. You know, it, I mean, there needs there there should be you know lots of different remedies. And I, I think that's less important what the remedy is mm. than the fact that you just cannot have that. You can't first admit have that. you
1: have a problem. First admit yep. you have a problem. Man. Right. And you can solve Solving,
0: it. Yeah. But the the problem is. Because the NFL is going to turn on lucky bounces and bad penalty calls because it's unavoidable because some have to be called, that's that's unfortunate, but it's still a great game. Do not ever add to that when you don't need to. and And it just drives me crazy because it's like – You know, I was texting with a Chiefs fan, a friend of mine from LA, and he's like all pissed off. He's like, "Fuck that! That's bullshit. That was an obvious call. Blah blah blah. Get the fuck out of here with that shit." You know what I'm telling you? I said, (laughs) "Look, man, I'm not I'm not a Bengals fan, but I just think like a game should never end that way. It's just a bullshit way to end it. And you know, and it didn't affect the play. It's not holding. It's not pass interference. And so the other annoying thing, everyone's like, oh, you know, they went up to him on the sideline, or they didn't go up to him on the sideline. The guy who was, you know, whatever his name was, totally like distraught for making the play." (laughs) And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I got my teammates back and blah, 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 blah. All that shit is just so annoying. I'm just like, look, he fucked up. I I don't, you know, you shouldn't hate a guy for making an error, but he made an error. Let him suffer with it and, you know, be his friend. But this whole like, oh, but what's more important is how we like supported our guy like
1: i hate that too i hate oh fuck off you're all
0: enraged (laughs) he feels terrible let Uh, him feel bad you can be mad he's still your friend he's not a bad human being because he made an error it's chris weber remember chris weber in the 90s time out
1: yeah yeah time out he traveled they didn't call it i mean he blew the he lost but it's also the reason they were there
0: well i but it's just it's just don't make it about that now. Don't try to like, you know, like, oh, it's all about the goodwill. Bullshit. Like you, it's all about winning Super Bowls and you, and he fucked up. And I think it's a stupid rule and he shouldn't be penalized the way he was, but he should feel bad. And he did. And that's okay to feel bad for making an error and he'll get over it. And I don't think you should pillory the guy for it, but let's not make this about this kumbaya bullshit. I mean, you guys don't make the Super Bowl in part because of that. I mean, it's just. I don't know. It just became like, oh, it's not about this. It's about that. And we're in this like soft society where it's like, well, you know, the most important thing is that they have their teammates back. I know the most important thing is they lost and the teammate will get over it. You know, he made a mistake. He didn't kill anybody. He should be forgiven, but don't make that the focus of it.
1: Yeah. Well, it, you just said something it's a softer society in general and you know i might be contributing to that i have no idea but it's about sports psychology i think that sometimes when a player loses confidence and they feel abandoned alone that could affect their long-term performance so again whether they consciously know it or not but this maybe isn't like
0: this isn't like a, like he's not a good player it's just like a, a mental error in a split second that's a bullshit rule that i don't even think he did anything that bad but it just had horrible consequences you know i don't know i i'm not saying don't support him i'm actually i feel like Good. I, I, you know, I, I would text him two days later if I was his teammate after I got over my rage and right. say, "Don't worry about it, dude. It's, it, we got you know, we got you." But the whole it was just the whole spectacle of it. Like, stop. It was like that was what the whole sort of post game interview was about and all this shit. It's like fuck the media. You don't need to perform for them. Like, support your guy quietly and be pissed. I mean, it's a fucking cat- catastrophe that yeah, they lost on that play. There's definitely
1: some performance theatrics with that too. And again, I I, I don't know if it's too soon to say this, but even with the Damar Hamlin thing, right? It was like very important for people before they talked about football to say, Oh, but thoughts and prayers and this and that. And of course everyone, it feels bad that that happened to him, but it just seemed like, you know, again, this is probably going to come off terrible, but it was almost like nine 11 happened. You remember there was no, there was nothing. There was no comedy. Letterman right. went off the yeah, air. Yeah, it was like,
0: yeah. you know, it was like, yes, but, it's terrible that that happened, but you know, well, no, I, I you know, I, I think the dumbest thing, and I talked about this a couple <laughs> of podcasts ago, is was like, somebody's like, Oh man, how's this going to affect the the playoff teams? And people are like, you're a horrible person. How can you talk about that? And it's like a man just had a heart attack on the field. But it's like, dude, first off, you're not like adding his relatives, you know, at a, at a very sensitive time and bothering them with this, Uh, with this thing. That would be wrong. You're just actually talking about something that's important to you. How could you think of football at a time like this? Dude, you, all you do is think about football all year long. You prepare it. You maybe work in the industry. Football is your life. You don't think about, I I talked about it's like, there's a bus crash in India kills 12 people, right? You see that through your news and you're like, oh, that's horrible for like one second. And then you were back to like obsessing about football. Dude, how can you obsess about football? 12 people just died in a bus crash in India. That's just probably happening as we're speaking, right? That's real. Right. This guy had a heart attack. It's horrible. It's, he's a human being. It's a horrible thing, but it's like, you're not his relative. Just cause you saw it on TV doesn't make you special. Nobody gives a shit about how you performed at the mo, how did you perform at the moment of Damar Hamlin's heart attack? Were you sensitive? Did you say the appropriate things or were you a monster? Are you a garbage person? Cause you actually, you know, inquired about what it would do to the NFL schedule. It's like, guys, aren't you tired of this fake game of like, who, who said the right thing in this, you know, in this somber moment? Who said the wrong thing? It's like, it's so stupid. Like, you are not the story. You're not important. A guy, tragically, a young man, healthy man, had a heart attack. It's tragic. That's the story. How you reacted, Your, the, 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 the thoughts and prayers that you tweeted. That doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't matter that someone else was thinking about something else. None of that shit matters to the situation. But you're such an egomaniac. You're such a, a narcissistic fucking signaler that you, you think like, oh, look at the good that I'm signaling and I want everyone to see what I'm saying. Like, I, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know why people like literally people I don't I don't want to I don't even follow these people anymore. If I do, they're muted. But it's just embarrassing. Stop embarrassing yourself and being like the spokesperson for sensitivity. When a guy has a tragic uh, accident on the field, just shut the fuck up. I just feel like all the signaling, yeah, you know, is bullshit. I mean, if you care about something, care about something. There, there's legitimate injustice in the world. Bad things happen all the time. If you if you feel like you need to say something, you should say it. But you know, you look at this stuff, and it's just uh, so much of its performative. And just the idea that like, you know, because a player had a, a tragic event on the field that you're going to go like tell other people and try to be, you know, the somber guy that knows the right. It's just like, just stop. Just yeah. let's move on from that part of society. Like this is not not helping anybody.
1: Yeah. So, but you know, at least, at least uh, you'll be here to mock it and I'll be here to be entertained while you mock it. So to me, I'm almost happy. It goes on so you can call it out. Uh, by the way, just a little footnote to our discussion earlier about Cortland Sutton. Uh, I did check in 2019. You were right. He had 1100 yards and it was wide receiver 17, but that's it. Other than that,
0: it was right. You know, that was his best year, but they were like, yeah. Oh, it was terrible quarterbacks. He's, you know, it's Allen Robinson. <laughs> He's really right. Allen Robinson had a little bit more success. And I think Allen Robinson had a little bit more just a little bit more explosive than Sutton. Yeah, other than uh, that,
1: he was unplayable. You know, it's like for the last five years, you know, with an injury and this and that. So, if you have yeah. him on,
0: so 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 a couple of things. So we, uh, well, let's finish football before we go on. Uh, let's talk about the Super Bowl because that's okay. you know, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Sure. Um, so I'm not I'm not interested in the Super Bowl. I I think this is a shit. Super Bowl. Russell Mahomes is probably not going to be a 100. percent. I think the Chiefs are kind of boring. I I you know, Kelsey's good. But it's getting old. I don't really, I just don't like watching the rest of their team. I think they're just kind of Ah. a bunch of scrubs. And then, you know, and then the Eagles, like the Eagles are pretty good. I guess I might just be biased. I'm a Giants fan. I hate the Eagles, but the Eagles are a really good team, like, you know, top to bottom and Hurts can run. And I don't know if Hurts is totally 100%. I haven't really seen the Hurts that we saw at his peak earlier this year. I don't know. I'm just not that excited to see this matchup. I just, I felt like a Niners, Bengals would be really exciting. I felt like, I don't know. I, this
1: Who would have been the quarterback for the Niners? Let's say the Niners got through. It's, uh, oh. it, would have, it would have been Christian McCaffrey,
0: a quarterback. No, no. I mean, you know, if Purdy <laughs> didn't get hurt or Josh Johnson or whatever. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why I just, I just feel like I have to bet on it because it's Super Bowl. I'll probably take the Eagles minus two. It's one and a half now, I think. But Can I offer you an alternative uh, uh,
1: perspective on the sure. excitement of the Super Bowl Now. You always talk about one of the things that I love when you say is that you like when offenses are smooth. Run for six yards, pass for eight yards. Downfield pass to Devontae Smith. This is that offense, right? Hurts runs. He's dynamic. Oh, the Eagles,
0: the Eagles do it. Yeah, they drive, in, and AJ Brown is just an incredible player. I mean, Goddard's good. They, they're loaded. You know, Miles Sanders is good. Gainwell's all right. They're loaded. Their offensive line is great. If Lane Johnson would just stop, I'll say <laughs> something funny. I tweeted about how Lane Johnson kept like false starting, and oh, no one was calling oh. it. And some guy like posted a video of some ex, uh, NFL offensive line I'm saying, "No, that's legal. That's a, a sort of a loophole in the rule." and and then some other guys like, no, that's bullshit. None of the other, every other offensive lineman on Twitter is saying that's a false start. So these guys started brawling hard, calling each other morons. You're you're a fucking idiot. You don't know anything. I love that shit. Like in my mentions, it's got nothing to do with me. Two dudes just start brawling. Love I mean, it. Sometimes it gets tedious after a while. Cause I get, you know, uh, too many mentions, but I, I was just hilarious. It's nice,
1: when, it's nice when there's a fight and you're not in it because no. I love what, I love when you fight too, but it, it must get exhausting. You know, it must get exhausting at some point. Um, You know, not that you're tired of arguing, but. When it when it devolves into like I, I see when you just tap out when it totally devolves when, because you're you're you you like to do passionate arguing within the merits of the conversation and then sometimes when someone has just kind of lost that the the crux of their logic of the argument that's when you'll tap out but it's fun to see nonsense arguments nonsense fights my, one of my favorite things to scroll through on social media is uh, fan fights in the stands I love that stuff you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know why you know Dana White because psych-
0: you're a psychopath that's why yeah
1: oh totally well Dana White always said you know when he was when the ufc was still on the fringe of being a mainstream sport he used to tell people he said hey if you go to a football game and there's a fight in the stands everyone watches the fight that's why fighting is more exciting than even the nfl so that was his pitch to advertisers you're always going to watch a fight
0: a fight is you know it's a primal thing well there's there's two things that people watch above all else one of them may be above a fight and i remember one time i was in this bar when i was like in uh I was probably like 25. We're at this bar that a friend of mine, did he owned the bar. I can't remember. And we're having some drinks. And it was oh, it was like one and 30 in the morning. And there were these workmen like fixing the bathroom and on the TV, there was some like lesbian porn going on. And I saw, I saw this workman just transfixed, right? He just transfixed, right? He was watching. This is in like the nineties, like before like everybody had on the internet. This is like, Oh, this is like, you know, yeah, this is, a, this he didn't is a, just special, a special occasion. Yeah. So he's watching and then he turns around and looks at us and he's like, no man can resist this.
1: That's what he said, right? <laughs> no, You're right though. I mean, it's. So, think well, about, I, I don't want to get
0: too into it, but I'm sort of anti-porn. I think it's very bad for people. I think people shouldn't watch it, but in
1: modern day only when it's completely accessible. In oh, when it was like
0: playboy when it was, you're 13. That was great. It was like, you're a kid. You're like, Oh my God. You know, but like, you know, now this like instant access, anything you want, I, I think it's very toxic it, for people's, I mean, yeah. kids and, brains.
1: And then again, it's the, you know, I, I Everything, whatever your fetish is, your fetish is, but there's definitely some aggressive porn out there that's shaping the way that young men think about sex that's probably not healthy. You know, I'm-, I'm yeah, up- i am I
0: didn't mean the straight, basic stuff. I just think yeah. you just shouldn't have that kind of shit on demand, especially when you're a teenager. And I just think like that, it's a scourge. And I used to think like, oh, they're gonna, I can't believe they haven't shut this down yet. Like, how is this you available? You right? can't. No, no, I don't think it's that. I think it's like- I actually think they want that. I think like, I mean, we're going to get into my other podcast territory now, but I actually think like porn Mm. keeps like an army of young, you know, aggressive testosterone driven males occupied and satiated in a way that if they didn't, they might be like, why the fuck is my money worth 10% less this year? And what Mm. the fuck are you going to do about it? You know, why is X, Y, and Z happening? We won't get into all the shit. That's for my other podcast. But this sort of is like, okay, why, you know, am I not making enough money to get a girlfriend that I can, you know, or whatever. And that solves that problem. Right. So I, I I was sure they were going to clamp down on it. And now I think like, they don't want to, it's too valuable to them. By
1: the way, I agree with what you said, but that said, I'm glad it exists. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, so that people
0: don't get like, well, so I could use it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm done with it. I I don't, I I feel like it's just really, yeah, done. Totally done. Done. Oh, yeah.
1: I, okay. I mean, you yeah. know, listen.
0: Well, whatever. I mean, I'm not preaching to anybody else. I'm just saying my yep. feelings on it is it's toxic. Well, porn drives.
1: I mean, porn was the reason the internet exploded, right? I mean, no pun it was. intended. No, it Do you remember
0: hotel porn used to be a thing? Now that business is basically. Well, obviously. Done. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, nobody's going to pay for it now. Yeah, it was a huge driver of like high speed internet, right? Because it was video. And, and so that, that kind of like probably it, celebrated broadband by like five years. But same like thing with VR, it's going to be the driver of uh, virtual reality too. Yeah, probably, but I mean, you know, I think broadband is a good thing on balance, right? We yes. need internet connectivity. I don't know how good VR. Is. I don't know whether VR is going to end up being a good thing or not. I don't. I don't think that's necessarily a good. Right, but could you imagine? I mean, like, I mean, you could oh, no, see... I, I. I mean, there's gonna be like all sorts of the craziest shit. You know, yep. you're gonna be having you know a Virtual Menage a, a mo- Menage Sync <laughs> with four supermodels or whatever that aren't real, but, but yeah, and no, I, I just think uh, that's not it's, necessarily. It's... Good for humanity.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where we got how we, how we went from Cortland Sutton to so we're talking um, about not,
0: fighting. We are talking about fighting right. is more compelling than football. It's like, Oh yeah, there's a, there's two primal things, right? Fighting and sex. There's a, so people will watch that over pretty much anything. Like they're, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the male side of it is like killing people, fighting them. And the and the other side of it is sex. All
1: right. So just to the Super Bowl, cause I'm curious and I'm sure you're going to talk about this over the next couple of weeks, but uh, how does this game play out? Now I know you like the Eagle side. Give you know, Mahomes, he'll have two weeks to rest. He looked decent on there, though no, he looks damaged. You, you already identified that he has one main weapon. And look, Marquez Valdez scambling came through. There was some other. It just seems like they can continually churn out these guys. Mahomes is the elevator. It's he's basically
0: LeBron James on that first Cavaliers team.
1: Remember yeah, when there but, was like nobody? Remember
0: Steph Curry? If he didn't do that behind the back pass, there's a great meme where he's throwing the championship trophy behind his back right. and dropping it. Right? Like <laughs> that was that was sort of like the. Thing that ended it. But yeah, they did win. It was close enough that that was the difference. Yeah, Mahomes is great. And a quarterback is like an NBA player. Like that's how much value they have to the team. Like, you know, how a single NBA player makes such a difference. The quarterback does. Mahomes may be you know, the greatest quarterback of all time at, at his peak. we'll see if, you know, if he ever has the career Brady had. Probably not. But I think Mahomes is, is incredible. But, you know, they could have lost to Cincinnati. I mean, it's at, they were arrested. They had a week of rest, an extra week of rest. Cincinnati didn't. They were at home. And they still barely won based on that penalty. So I think the Eagles are the better-rounded team, have the better defense. Defense historically overperforms the spread in the Super Bowl. I've, I've written that article like 10 times. And the question just is, is Hurts 100%? Is Hurts, is the moment going to be too big for him? You don't know because the Niners game was just a non-event. But I think that Eagles offense is going to move the ball with ease. And I think that the uh, we'll see if Lane Johnson with the torn groin is a, is a liability. That could be an issue. They, especially if they call false starts. Um, and I think Mahomes will move the ball, but Mahomes will have to, you know, get into the 30s, I think, to win. I, I think the Eagles are going to score points.
1: Yep. And by the way, even going back to college, when Jalen Hurts has overcome adversity, I mean, Tua took his job and he comes back and then becomes a, you know, a high level quarterback at another university, gets underdrafted in his mind in the second round behind uh, Carson Wentz, who had like an MVP ish type of season for overtakes him. Jalen Hurts, even though he hasn't been tested, everyone said... Well, he didn't
0: overtake Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz undertook anybody in the NFL. He led the league in sacks, interceptions, and Fair fumbles enough. in 12 games. And, and it was like, okay, well, let's try the second round guy out. and see what we have.
1: But despite, you know, Philly fans were not happy with that pick. They thought it was a burnt pick in the second round to take Jalen Hurts. I'm just saying every step of the way, people have doubted Jalen Hurts and he's he's risen to the moment and he always just looks... Like it's, he just looks uh, very calm and chill. And again, that's just an anecdotal observation, but
0: he reminds every- me of Deshaun Watson. He actually reminds me of Watson Watson before. Cause he looked shook this year. Deshaun yeah, Watson. He did not look, yeah, he looked like yeah. a, a problem. There's no way you can massage the tape that we saw. Ah, to make it like, very to good. Make it look, yeah. No hurts. Reminds me of, of the good version of Deshaun Watson. Maybe not that good, but that's kind of his, he just seems very smooth and takes off at the right time. And, but after the injury, I haven't really seen much, you know, that, the. the two games they had, he wasn't really needed. It's not his fault. I mean, the giants mm-hmm. didn't show up and the Niners had the injury. So well, I, is he, tr- is he truly healthy? I don't know.
1: Yeah. In super flex drafts, I've done a couple of those already. And the super flex drafts, they go every there's four. The first four picks are the same in every, uh, the three drafts I did. It was uh, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Jalen hurts in some order. The, that's not necessarily the order, but those four go one, two, three, four. So if you end up doing any uh, super flex next year, I mean, so far in a sample of three, that's been the
0: consensus. I'd be interested in Danny Dimes in my super flex, even in my regular leagues. I I think they're going to get Wandell Robinson. We talked about this last week and and we'll see who they add in the draft or elsewhere, but you know, that's, that's a running quarterback with a good offensive system. I think he'll, I think he'll be top 10. Lawrence goes five, right? I mean, isn't Lawrence going five?
1: Yeah. So it's Herbert and Lawrence flip flop. So they're like five and six. And then after that, you know, you're, you're like, I guess Lamar is right there, right? I mean, yeah, like totally out. I mean, just, just, just fantasy football wise. And I'm saying you could pass on them, but that's who the, ne- if you're ready to take a quarterback, yeah, no, I, hear, I, hear you.
0: I just, I don't want a yeah. guy who's going like, he's a running quarterback that got hurt. And now he's been injured a couple of times as a runner to me, that's dangerous.
1: And then uh, we were having a discussion the other day on the RotoWire podcast, and I, I put forth that it's not even a question, even in a dynasty keeper league, because redraft, you're going to put Danny Dimes next. But I said, Danny Dimes goes ahead. It, this is, by the way, contingent on he gets a three- or four-year contract. If he doesn't, then obviously all bets are off. But it uh, ahead of Kyler Murray, and it's not even close for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, the problem with Murray is like, he actually has weapons though. You know, Marquise Brown and Hopkins Hopkins well, Hopkins is, is asking for
1: he won't, well, he's not a free agent. Uh-huh. He's asking for a trade. So he's going to oh, be yeah. that mega superstar that's traded to a contender. He obviously needs to be extended and paid. That's part of his trade demands. You know, when I say demands, it's a friendly right. when you thing, say extended,
0: so. you know, it's, it's
1: <laughs> and also Murray's not going to play for the, what first two months of the season. Yeah. Well, there's no point in drafting a guy who's is hurt like that. Right, He's undraftable even in single quarterback stock formats yet. People okay. are going to draft him. It's like, oh, I'll hold them. Uh, you know, even in okay. NFC. What City, about
0: Fields? Got to go pretty high too, right?
1: Fields has been going in redraft, uh, like four or five. I just don't agree with that at all, especially this early on. What I mean, we just don't know if Justin Fields one is going to get weapons or he's going to be on the team or if they're going to take another quarterback. Let's say they, they keep Fields. Uh, I would draft.
0: love, I would love Fields if they traded him because Chicago is one of the worst places to play quarterback. So and they have terrible weapons. I right, would so say like, he stays. It, That'd be bad, but he'd still be a top seven quarterback. But yeah. if he gets traded somewhere, like you know, in the dome or something like that, or you know, in a West Coast team or something like, he could be QB one easily. I mean, you know, with some well, weapons, QB two,
1: and... he could be QB two because you know who QB one is. Oh,
0: QB one, you're right. That's taken. <laughs> That's saying. Did you see my GPT chat? Zach Wilson, QB one. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. I thought I thought it did a pretty good job of. Excellent. This By way. the way, I've
1: been all over the GPT chat since we talked about it last. Here, uh, I'm pulling up this draft of one that uh, that I had the other day, and the first quarterback was Mahomes. Oh, sorry, was Josh Allen. He went 3.2. Mahomes 3.5, and then here's just the order quickly. It went Hurts, Burrow, Herberts. Lamar field. So fields is right after Lamar and he could flip flop with him. So I, I pushed Lawrence and Mur- uh, Lawrence Murray and, and Watson with the next few. And obviously Murray's a, a donkey pick there.
0: Yeah. Especially if, if he's not Dak. ready for the start of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Dak is interesting because he's the value I mean, guy. Yeah. But nobody likes him. Cause he's like, he's like an okay real life quarterback. He, he does pad his stats against bad teams though. He loves to like throw for those five touchdowns in that game. So it helps in fantasy. If you're going to um, wait
1: on quarterback, that's pr- him or the, Dimes are probably the guys to wait on.
0: Yeah, but here's the other question: is you know Fields emerged. You know it was a bad year for quarterbacks, but still Fields emerged. Dimes emerged late. I mean, he wasn't great all year. You know, obviously uh, Trevor Lawrence emerged. Got him in the 15th, and now the team that won the uh, prime time is and I had Stafford in the 13th and Lawrence in the 15th, and thank God I had Lawrence because I would have been in big trouble. Who's who's the guy that emerges next year? Like who's the guy that? you know, that you can get in the 15th round. Got it.
1: I already have the answer for you.
0: Okay. Who is it? So
1: it's not Trey Lance because we don't know, but it's Jordan love, Jordan love with Christian Interesting. Watson. Interesting. Is, that's Interesting. the one I think he's actually good. He's got, I mean, he's not as good as Aaron Rodgers, you know, but you get him in the 15th round. He could be QB 12.
0: Well these guys when they emerge are QB seven sometimes. I mean they QB right. four. I mean well, it there's not time for
1: more. I'm saying his floor, he's gonna be drafted as QB nineteen.
0: Right, you got him twenty in as light as you want. Yeah.
1: And his floor is like a starter. So that's is he
0: is he mobile, Jordan Love?
1: Yes. He he's like a tactical scrambler. He's not like a proactive runner, but right. he can move. He's got like the uh the bag of tricks like Mahomes light. I mean, everyone compares everyone to Mahomes, and obviously no one is, but he's got I like the weaponry, and they're gonna add more. You know, it's like so he's the one who i identified early is um, is he could take him anytime you want in a um, and, you know, maybe it's Kenny Pickett. I don't know if you saw enough from him, but I
0: I've had him in a couple of times. I picked him up and I never really got the feeling that people are like, oh, you know, the PFF grade for him was good for a couple of games. But I watched and I was like, he just doesn't seem that smooth. But maybe you two, you know. Yeah. But Jordan, better. Jordan Love is the guy for me. Interesting. I wasn't even on my radar. And you're, cause you're sure Rogers won't be there. Well.
1: If Rogers is there, then that, that's a bad pick. But right. um, I, I, I can't see. I mean, the, even the Green Bay fans are ready to move on from Rodgers, right? right? They're he not had a bad
0: year. Like, why, why not just take the guy? Yeah. And and you took in the first round and see what you got.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to. And then the Jets are like, the I, I mean, you keep saying the Jets, but the Jets just need a veteran quarterback they could overpay because it's the opposite of what you always say the best way to win a Super Bowl is with the rookie contract and all the big pieces around him. Jets have the, rook, the rookie pieces around them. They just need the expensive quarterback.
0: It'd be interesting. I mean, the receivers are good. If they get lines the line going, good. you know, yeah, the line's good. The defense is good. Yeah. Maybe it's the Jets. though. it won't work out. Of course uh, not. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying, but that's to, at
1: least the move.
0: I'm trying to think who the, uh, where do you think Watson's going to go? I think I'll probably have some Watson.
1: Oh, well, I could tell you in this, in this draft that I did, the NFFC, he went in this, uh, late six, early seventh.
0: Oh, that's really early. Oh, that's a two, That's a, that's a QB flex though.
1: No, 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 this is not. This is a single quarterback league. You he went I'll, in the
0: sixth round in a single uh, QB league? Okay, pulling, forget about him off my list.
1: Then. Hold on one second. side. Hold on. Let me just make sure I'm not, I'm not talking smack right here. Sorry, you got it right. He's in the eighth round.
0: That's still too early. See, the thing is, like, the other thing got to realize, in Cleveland, in the weather, like, that's not... Oh, no, 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 no. I thought you meant Christian Watson. No, no, no. Deshaun Watson. Oh, I'm
1: so sorry. Okay. Because Christian Watson, you agree. I was like, yeah, sure. He belongs. We were talking about Jordan Love. That's why I thought that you said Oh, no. I I was
0: talking about quarterbacks. I was like, we talked about all those quarterbacks. We didn't mention Watson.
1: Yeah. Watson is, he went right after Trevor Lawrence in the late seventh round.
0: That's way too early in a one QB league. Yeah. I thought he'd be like Russell Wilson territory by now.
1: No. I mean, because I think that everyone's giving him the mulligan because he was, he was thrust into a situation that, that uh, was not optimal cold weather, no off season, no, no chemistry. Remember he couldn't even practice with his receivers. So yeah, I think but that the thing about
0: him too, though, is that I, I really tell you like playing quarterback in Cleveland is not the same as playing in Houston. Correct. You know, it's just not like, I, I think people underestimate like how hard it is, like in elements and wind and the difference between like these environments, man, I, I don't know. And he's not like a big arm guy either. Like he, he's an accuracy guy, right? Yeah, he's a, he's, he's he's like, and he's a decision maker, but he's not like, if it's windy out, that's not going to be ideal for him.
1: Yeah, well, right now, and remember, and also single quarterback leagues in best ball are really like two quarterback leagues because you need two of
0: them. Right, so yeah, people
1: yeah. are going to push up quarterbacks. Oh, these sl- are be-
0: oh, I see it's best ball. Right, I see. Right, because you can't pick. There's no replacement value. You don't sheet. want to right. You don't want to be like stuck without that second quarterback in best ball.
1: I see. And you don't want to be stuck with two guys that literally may not have jobs. You don't want to say, okay, I'll take. Derek Carr and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo both could be, could not be, or you can't Carson Wentz who could be a starter somewhere. You can't just draft him. So he's not on the way. No, you line. can't
0: draft Car- Carson Wentz regardless of, his <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you yeah. get totally dinged and yeah. Yeah. so that's, yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to think like, I, I don't, I don't think I'd go Stafford. He, is he like even going to be healthy, but maybe Stafford, maybe Wilson. I like, I like retreads that are cheap, that were good because I feel like everybody's looking for the next new young guy and that gets priced in. Mm-hmm. But you know, I you see quarterbacks like bounce. Like look at Jared Goff, right? And and that's a guy people draft too. Quarterbacks come back from the dead all the time. Look at Brady's last year in New England, and then what he did in Tampa the first year. Obviously, it's Brady. But like, there's there's a lot of quarterbacks who um look at Rodgers for those like two or three years in Green Bay, and then he was MVP twice in a row. Here's um, your
1: guys. Then you got. I'll give you 11th round is Goff and Stafford. Goff and okay. Stafford. Okay. Ro- Rogers went a little bit earlier, and the- again, this is a sample of one. He went like in the uh, in like the tenth round. But Gino Smith was twelfth round.
0: No, Gino, like like he's not a guy who could bounce back because he's not really. He had half a good year. I mean, that's yeah. really it's not enough.
1: Pick seventeenth round. Jordan Love eighteenth round.
0: Yeah, I'd probably get Roger Stafford. Those guys. Yeah. In that- in- and yeah.
1: You- and all jokes aside, you would like Rogers on the Jets for fantasy, right?
0: Yeah. With yeah of course with with the receivers they have yeah, yeah. but but also i, I think in the non best ball rogers will go in the 14th or 13th. Right. he's not going to go
1: correct except to yeah. be you know there'll be some hype if he gets on the jets if if you're doing just you know a redraft now with no best ball yes you're right but i could see him being it was only a year ago that rogers
0: was an mvp that talk no i i i'm in for it he did he did look worse i mean he looked appreciably worse mm-hmm. when i watched him you know russell wilson was much worse but he he moved a little bit better, I think. Mm-hmm. Rogers sometimes looked like normal at times. I thought I, Rogers I, I, was fine. He, was he was fine. fine. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, he's like, not MVP. it's like, like, like what, what I what I look at is like if a guy looks slow, like Peyton Manning at the end, like couldn't move at all. He just couldn't even move. And you'll see guys like become total statues, and you just can't do it. Can, can you uh, just pause here for one sure. second? Let me sure. just pee real quick, and then
1: you'll cut edit this part. Out. It's, it's two good. seconds. I'm the quickest no, okay, peer I'm, in the world. I'm, two seconds. Keeping
0: this, I'm keeping this in. All right, this is the best part. So, I got to ditch Allen in this podcast. I'm Gonna remind myself to uh, to talk Australian Open and Djokovic, and then fantasy baseball. I'm gonna to have to uh, see if Allen goes for this pitch. I've got an idea for Allen. Put him put him to work. Maybe if I do fantasy baseball, he doesn't even know baseball, but he's got pretty good. He's got a pretty good uh, sense for football values. I bet he could pick up baseball. It's a little different. I'll teach him what I know, maybe be a little, ru- a little rough the first couple of months, but I think he'll be able to master the free agency. See what he, there says. Is, See what he says about it. There is it. no a better feeling it. in the world
1: yeah. than emptying your bladder.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think like, you know, it depends. There's certain things. i like, us talk about eating, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, like, is it really that big of a deal? Like a toothache, right? When you have a toothache, you can just Ooh. be with the toothache and be like, it's just an, it's just, it's just an experience. Ugh. But it's so unpleasant. It's so unpleasant that you really just want relief from the toothache. I guess going to the bathroom is kind of like that, but it's, 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 these aren't pleasures. These are like, <laughs> these are relief, relief. Of, yes. of Discomfort.
1: I'll never forget Chris Lis. I was in Madison square garden. You've been there a million times. I was there for a Knicks game and I'm, and I'm, you know, I was young. I was probably in my teens and I'm peeing in the stall and in the, the urinal. And there's a guy next to me and he's moaning while he's peeing. He's like, oh. <laughs> and he goes, he looks over at me. He goes, it's better than coming. That was just like it
0: was <laughs> mortified and by that, that. That did permanent damage, and that's why you are the man you are now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I just yeah. remember he was moaning so loud and, ping, and his <laughs> eyes were his eyes were rolling in the back of his head. He had his beer on the on the toilet on the uh, urinal top, which is disgusting,
0: you know. Real man. That was real yeah. man.
1: Nick's in the nineties, uh, man. That yeah. that was nothing like it. Yeah.
0: And that was <laughs> that was a fight. That that actually like was the proved the thesis of Dana White, because it's like, that wasn't basketball. That was just a fist fight every game. Oh my God. It's, you know, when you talk about, when you, when you watch
1: like these highlights from like eighties and nineties basketball, like tree Rollins, like literally like clothes lining a guy. A Lambeer, Lambeer, Lambeer. Lambeer. Would just take, a, take a dude out. Kurt Rambis, right? Yeah. Mahorn. But, okay, Mahorn. but,
0: but but the thing is this, so I got two things for you. Okay. One mm. is I want to talk a little Djokovic mm. winning the Australian open. The police state open goes down there and fucking wins that shit. Straight sets, like straight sets. All these guys ten years younger than him. And I just thought that was so badass. It was like Muhammad Ali. It was like it was one of those like classic things where an athlete like stood up for something and still like, you know, with all the hatred and, and and bureaucratic hell and everything he had to go through just like played at that level. So I just thought that was uh,
1: Ali is such a good example because people, you know, even younger, I mean, you're you're 50. I'm 47. I'm right there with you. People that like, older than us remember Muhammad Ali, we, we weren't really around for that. I mean, that was the, the Vietnam protesting the Vietnam War at that time. I mean, and oh, people were like, he's a
0: traitor. You know, he's I mean, and plus with know, the
1: the the racial went, injustice
0: he, he, in the world at that time. Yeah, it was much harsher then. Yeah. And he went to jail. I mean, right? He went to jail. Like <sighs> so Djokovic didn't have to go to jail. But you know, it was is a similar thing where, like, you know, you're treated like a second class citizen if you didn't do this. And he defied it. And he was the only one. You know, he was all by himself. You know, there was nobody mm-hmm. else really in football. There's Cole Beasley. Aaron um, Rodgers had and to Aaron go Ro- Rogers, a go through Yeah. And went through a lot of it, you know, and they're just demonizing these people. So um, I was really happy to see him win. I thought that was awesome, and it was huge. a win. It was a win. It, it was just a win for the individual over the machine. You know, I just that's that's how I saw it, and a win for humanity over inhumanity, basically. So that was huge. But the other thing I was talking, I was talking about this in the break by myself, and I was when you were uh, taking uh, relieving yourself. <laughs> I uh, That's not code for anything. No, no, no I, <laughs> so I, all that I assume, porn talk. I, got I, me I crazy. Assume, yeah, I, I, I take you at your word. But <laughs> so baseball, right? I got to talk about baseball. So. I just don't want to do it. I don't want to spend my weekends digging into these things. I do love draft season. And last year, like, I really enjoyed drafting. I don't know if I want to put in the time to research it to the extent I would have to to compete with the people that are doing serious work and we're good players. But if I do, I, d- I know I don't want to manage it. I don't want to manage it at all. Like, I, just, I don't want to think about it. I don't want it to be part of my life to have to do this work. I feel like the game's gotten worse. It's gotten more about this really tedious bullshit. And it's less about just sort of the, the you know, football so easy. You take the macro view, you're like, okay, who's going to bounce back? Who's going to break out? It's, it doesn't require a lot. I can kind of do it from a distance, watch the games and just enjoy it. I really enjoyed this year of football. Baseball last year, I didn't enjoy. So I don't know if you're up for it, but I was considering, considering getting a team or two and outsourcing to somebody to do all the moves. Now, I know you're not a, a baseball guy. I know that, you know, you don't, but you're forced to talk about an XM. So you're going to be more, up on it would you want to do you don't have to pay any money you Mm -hmm. get just a free percentage of the winnings but you gotta do all the work
1: yeah so you don't there will be no winnings if i do the work uh (laughs) without you're
0: that out on baseball you don't have any
1: yeah. So, you know, my second love is NBA, and I and I shedded my NBA team this year to go all in on football and really focus on it. So, I, if you told me this for football, you know me in a heartbeat. I'm in there because oh, yeah, I football.
0: Yeah. I know
1: I can compete with the elites. I know I can. I'm not saying I'll win or anything, but for baseball, it would be dead money. I, I, I yes, I will have enough. You know, I, mean? I
0: could like get you up to speed in like half an hour and you could just go, go to town. Well, you have to be interested in the subject,
1: right? You like, got right, like, right,
0: right. If you're not watching every day, but I thought maybe because you were talking in the radio well, I well,
1: so when, when you, when I talk about it on, on Sirius XM, what I do is my, I my, uh, I think my core strength is asking questions that casuals want to know to the experts, I see, I see, right? I see, I see. So right. that's what I do. Like when I'm with Todd or when I'm with Jeff, I'll ask them questions that I know that you're obviously, but when you're talking about competing on the hot, I've, on the NFFC level um, I don't think that I would be the right guy for that job for baseball, for basketball. I would say, let's do this right. for, um, for football. Let's do this. But yeah, I would uh, be doing you the disservice by doing okay. that. Okay.
0: Hey, good, honest answer. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of somebody that I know well that would do it, you know, because like Ted bell, Ted bell, he's uh, he's, I don't know. I don't know if he would do it. I think Ted Bell is like, Shoe. Uh, Shoe? Sh- well, I did it with Shoe last year, and Shoe does a good job. And he's I may great. still do that again with him this year. But Shoe's really busy. He's got, like, kids. He's got, like, you know, two He houses. loves
1: fantasy, though. He loves. He does. Yeah.
0: He does. But a lot of times he's like, listen, you- can you do it this week? I'm traveling. Uh, he doesn't, no, like, no, want- most of the time. And, and I'm like, yeah. But, like, even then, like, I- maybe I'll do one league. The other option I was doing is How just about do- I don't like baseball, best ball because it's all—it's a totally different game. What you're drafting for, you're just drafting for surviving. You're just drafting for like, Floor. oh, this guy will play every day. Yeah, like you're not drafting for upside and what could happen. It's—it's it's no fun. I don't—I don't, I don't want to. My that, style of drafting would be bad in best ball. I'd have to totally do it the opposite way.
1: The best part of fantasy sports is getting Jordan Love in the nineteenth round and he's QB six. You know, yeah, like that,
0: that's it. That's it, right? And yeah, but you know the Jordan Love could. Well, I mean, you won't lose the job if Rodgers is gone. He'll get all the year.
1: Well, Rodgers could stay, and now you're, you're, you know, well, if you're I'm drafting
0: sure. super early. But, I, but I guess, I guess the point is that, yeah, I mean, the other thing about baseball it's really soured me. Like the closers, it's just such a carousel, and it's like I don't, I just don't give a shit. I've got other things that are more important to me in my life. You know that I'm focused. I don't blame on, you. And it's just, I, like, I don't the closers. Don't it's like football, so easy.
1: It's just so easy. Like it's. So uh, here's a solution for you. Uh, all right. You'll do an NFFC draft because you love the NFFC, but can you do like, uh, is there a Lee you can get in where it's a little bit more like a 12 teamer and it's more, a little well, bit no, more.
0: It's 12 team, 12 team. Uh, online roadwire online. Right, I'll do that. I may do one of those, but that may be my only one. Like the, the, the main event, which is the thing I wanted to win most. I was like, I don't give a shit about like winning an award or something. Oh, by the way, I saw you got nominated for an award. It's the dumbest thing ever, but you are good at your job and you do deserve <laughs> credit for doing a, you know, a great job on the videos. But those uh, awards I, are so stupid. Now well, that I'm out of the you. industry, I could say it. I, I don't care about them. But yeah, like, well, I don't care well, about that. I wanted to win a main event. Right? That to me was like the holy grail, like NFBC main event, beating those guys that are such good players, worked so hard at it. But now I feel like I lost, I lost the motivation to really do it, especially because baseball has made it even more tedious to, to do what you have to do.
1: Yeah, no, all all of that, and I'm cutting some of my deeper dynasty leagues for that exact reason. It's like it's not even to the extent of uh, of baseball where it's just become this insane. Like it's five hours of your life on the weekend making moves if you really want to do it the right way for multiple leagues. Where you know it's if you have your one league and uh, it, it, you just make your basic moves. Yeah, no, it's become a very complicated sport. And again, it's the, it's it's probably the most difficult fantasy sport, which is why it's not as popular as football because football. Literally, my mother could do it. You know, like right. if she just followed ADP and then followed the the top moves. But you're talking about like the awards thing. It's funny because I, you know, again, as appreciative as I am for to to be nominated, I, I agree with you. It's like a little silly and embarrassing in a way. You know, because
0: you know, well, are you in the industry? You had to congratulate everybody. You had to beat this whole thing. People congratulate yes. you. You'd be like, "Thank you." Right. You know, but you'd be like, "Well, I'll tell you, this is it's probably gotten better. I hope since then, but like, mm. I just got to say, it's like 2006." I think I had to read over some of the submissions, like because <laughs> I think Pete was on the board or something, and he had like a bunch of. Right. We had to like just like go through. I don't know what we had to do exactly. I, mean, I wasn't judging them. I wasn't one of the judges, but I had to just like. I, I don't remember what I had to do, but but vet them and something or whatever. And I read them, and I was like, these suck. Like the ones that were nominated were worse than stuff I had submitted on behalf of my writers, because I was like running football back then, and I would submit the best things from all the writers. And I was like, who who chose this over the you know, the columns that I was submitting for my guys. And I was like, this is embarrassingly bad. And, and so ever since then, like, especially like that shit doesn't matter. The things that matter are like, did you win the main event? Did you win the super contest? Like those are like, you know, that's an achievement because it's not just like people are clapping for you. This is like, no, this is not people clapping for you. This is just, you pulled this off. You beat the, the spread at that level for the whole season, or you, you, you know, made the right moves and understood baseball better than anybody who was studying it super hard, who's very smart. And to me, those are the things that you want to look at. Look at, you know, who's won the leagues, look at who's crushed the main event. Those are the guys that, you know, to me, I mean, look, there should be a lot of uh, respect for great content that teaches people, that helps people, but it shouldn't be like an award type of thing. It's just the kind of thing where you get subscribers from that, right? That's good. You get people, thanking you you help people that's uh, the virtue's its own reward you know that you've helped people that's it you know it's not it's not a it's not a contest like i to me that stuff is like dumb but you do do good work alan your videos are good but irrespective of whether you guys win that award or not it doesn't matter right well there's
1: uh when i was working for a big corporation before i started doing fantasy full-time there uh one of the uh the executive said to me, he goes, different people like different things. He goes, uh, he goes, I know uh, certain people want more vacation time. Certain people want a raise. Certain people want a title change. Certain people want public acknowledgement. So, again, it all depends. Like For me, I would, ra- I, and this is just me personally, I'd rather have, hey, increase my salary 25% rather than give me an award. Other people to say, hey, I'd rather work from home than go to an office. That's enough. I don't need my 20 No, but
0: working out. from home, right, is a legit benefit. Getting more to money some. is a legit benefit. To no, some. Well, no. The ability to work from home, if you want to, is a legitimate benefit. Like, it gives you flexibility in your life. Getting more money is a legitimate benefit. Getting more vacation is a legitimate benefit. But getting a statue is really just... Acknowledgement. It, it, I'm telling you, Chris List. Igno- so there's people that
1: I know, and there's people yeah. that in our lives right. that would prefer, whether they want to say it publicly or not, to be publicly acknowledged with an award than get an extra ten thousand dollars a year in their salary. It's just they could say that that's not the truth, but it is.
0: That's so foreign to me that that mentality. I agree like, with you. I think being acknowledged is nice. It's nice if someone says to you, "Hey, I appreciated that column you wrote." But you know, it's better if someone subscribes, and and you know, it's even better if you do good work the the token is kind of like i don't know i it's so weird that okay here's
1: another good example of that follower count right i mean there in the world so everyone's obsessed with how many followers do i have but it's not about i i've come to terms it's not about how many followers you have it's about what's the depth of those followers what do do they are they engaged with you do they um do they retweet your work do they uh, subscribe to whatever service you're doing someone can have a hundred thousand followers and no engagement or well, they that's can like have...
0: the cnn people like wolf blitzer will have six million followers and he gets three likes it's like because those are fake right like the cnn like put those together probably like he doesn't you can really buy have... followers you could you can well, go I, on there there's a scandal people... about that yeah it's but, not but, even it's scandal like it's, people it's, do it but but i do think the legitimate thing about followers but it is engagement that's a more relevant metric but the legitimate thing about followers, because it's such an easy number to look at, is if you're gonna like hire somebody, you're like, how many people can they get their work? You know, how if you're gonna be like, oh, I'm an advertiser or I'm a company, I wanna, you know, hire this guy who's gonna get us subscriptions, how many people are gonna see the work and drive new subscriptions? Now, obviously engagement's more important than just follower count, but at least it's like people care, at least like there's a real business basis for that, whether you know followers can be bought or they're fake or whatever. That's a different sub- subject, but like at least I see why. Now, I think it's stupid to just care about followers for its own sake, but you see why like people are like, this can help me. You Let, know. me you Let me give
1: you the counter example. Let me give you the counter example. When I was in the a- advertising world, you could have your option to advertise on the, on the networks so or you can do on these small cable channels. And for the specific client that I was working on, you know, everyone's like, oh, how come we can't get on CBS, NBC? It's so expensive. We would go on the advertise on these little tiny networks and they would have a fraction of the audience, but it would reach that audience in a more meaningful way. So like, for example, we had like a paper, like a a product that was marketed to women uh, of mother's age, like 35 plus or whatever, 25 to 35. They'd get lost in the sea of CBS. But when we went on like a discovery kids network, we know that kids are there with their moms watching and things like that. So yes, your point is very valid, broad reach, but sometimes depth of reach is way no, more important. I, that. I agree
0: that hundred percent, but they don't know, there's no metric to get depth. I mean, there is like retweets well, or, you know, whatever, but the return point is on like, investment,
1: you know, who's signing was, up with your code.
0: Yeah, eventually. But I mean, like when you're just looking from the start, it's like, yes. you don't know, you're just doing the simplest thing. I agree. I think a lot of those big accounts don't have much depth, but But at least I understand why people are like, I want more followers because I know it'll get me a better job and I'll get more money and it'll give me more options to sell my work. So I get it. I just don't get the award without any sort of tangible benefit except the psychological one, which is, oh... Cause, cause it's, it's not even your peers, right? Like, like you might think like, oh, I really liked it. Alan liked this, this post or a friend of yours in the industry really appreciated something you worked on. Or Jeff said, oh, I like this post. Like, I might be like, oh, cool. You know, I know Jeff knows his shit. That means that I'm connecting with people who are smart. Like that's validating, but these are just a fucking bunch of like professors, like in their spare time, like, and who knows it's like a black box. Okay. So here's, here's the good, right? Here's what it does. Is it's announced, it's not like that it means anything like how it happened, but it's announced to everybody that you won, and you can like say that you won. So that everybody knows you won. So that's the benefit, right? Everybody else knowing that you did something that was considered good, but it's not like you knowing that it's good because again, it's like a black box, like you don't even know who, yeah. who voted who, who did it. So Any I don't art- know. I just think get get a tangible benefit for your for your work, you know. Right. Over- well,
1: that's that's because you have a full soul. Some people who have again. I could be part of that group that has, you know, when you're when you're feeling a little empty and unfulfilled, sometimes that does give you the fulfillment uh,
0: for how long, though. I mean, really, right. like no, it's, it's,
1: it's always temporary. You have to you have to address
0: unfulfillment at its core, at its root. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's like, that's just like the most like thinnest band aid for five minutes of like, oh, good job, blah, blah, blah. Look, RotoWire won more awards than anybody. Like we we made money off of this. Like we would be Again like, hey, this we're the year, most, by the way, yeah. 20 plus awards. Yeah we'd be like, Hey, we're the most award-winning, whatever. So, you know, when it benefited me, like that was money to extend that marketing worked. Like I made money off of that. So uh, this was good, but I just was always like, this is not good in general, that this is the metric. Like this is a, This is not a good metric. It's a vanity
1: metric. It's not a real metric. It's a vanity metric. And again, that's what I was talking about with likes and follows. But I understand everything you said there. And you can also tell how people react to being nominated also is very telling of what it means to them. I mean, I I saw people throughout the industry. And again, I'm not going to, Judge too much but they oh my god it's such a pleasure to be nominated with all these great people. you know like yeah. and then it was other people like hey this is cool I, you know and artists in general creators in general they like to be acknowledged more by their peers and i put myself in that that category rather than the general public when you make a piece of art whatever that is you'd almost rather have other artists go that's good art rather than the general public you don't care if the general you want the general public to like it but it's the other way like when it's the general public likes it and then the the industry hates it that's always tough for an artist.
0: See, I, I like it when the public likes something, but the smart public, because there's always like those followers you have or the people you interact with on Rotowire in the comments. And you know, a couple of them are very sharp and mm-hmm. they, they'll be like following your work and they'll be commenting and they'll be saying intelligent shit. When they critique you, it's intelligent. And when those guys would say, you know, I really enjoyed this piece or whatever, I, would, I I would feel like, Good. Like that's, that's my audience. And it's also be my peers too. There are obviously a lot of smart uh, peers, but I would always be talking to the smart listener. And I didn't care if it was like, you know, general public or peer. It was just something that you you were trying to connect with other people on that. You, that you were like, Oh, I respected these people that they've also thought about this at length too.
1: You said that on the radio show, and I always I appreciated when I was just a listener to your show that you'd said that you're, the general assumption of the average radio host on the fantasy channel is that the listener is dumb. Your, your assumption is that the listener is very sharp and smart, and we're going to talk to those people, and anyone who is just a casual will get up to that level. So I think that that's a good way to approach it.
0: That was 100% the way we did it. And it's like, if you didn't get it, you know, it's kind of like kids, you know, you, they watch Peppa Pig. It's kind of clever. They don't get all the jokes, but they, it's still a good show, so they like it. But then the adults are like, oh, this is actually pretty funny, or this is like kind of a, <laughs> a good reference, you know, or or all the shows, The Simpsons or whatever, like all those kind of kids shows that are also for adults. The kids still like it even, right? They get what they get out of it. And then some of them get sort of, they get the references, they get it sooner or later. And yeah, I think it's like it's like criminal to treat your audience as stupid. Um, I learned like that whole, you can't go broke underestimating, the underestimating the American public, like that kind of shit. Even if it's a truism in some ways, like, I don't know. I just feel like it's. It's you're like part of the problem. And also, who cares if people don't like what you're doing? You know, it's like... Well, that,
1: that's your confidence from years of, of having being a successful broadcaster. In, in my shoes, where I'm still in the very early stages of it, uh, getting acknowledged for good work, it, it means it, you live and die with that stuff. And by the way, though, but I have one of the key pieces of, of how I broadcast that I took from you was talk to the audience like they're smart, not like they're idiots. And that's actually helped me improve as a broadcaster and as someone yeah, you're who- good man you know what you're doing the, the, the thing it.
0: is the guys who have that radio voice and they're like talking from on high to those people you know they, they imitate what they've heard you know in the past those guys to me are are unlistenable these people like obviously someone likes it because they're, they're still in the air but I, I it's not like i was successful dude like we we didn't even know how many numbers they never told us how many people were listening we have no idea i just was working right away we got the xm gig they didn't fire us that was successful that we existed But we didn't, you know, we weren't famous. We didn't, we had, we had, I don't know how many listeners. We don't know, 50,000, 100,000 in peak football. Who knows how many people we had. But I never felt like a success in terms of like, you know. That's
1: why, that's what makes you successful. When you're, when you're constantly having, and again, this is an extreme term, imposter syndrome, like who the hell are we? But you have, you've built this core deep, deep following. But
0: is that, But here's the thing, like I wouldn't even have that. Right. It was because there was no one. We weren't even anyone enough to be an imposter. You'd only have imposter syndrome if you were if you were an imposter for something big. But not only did Jeff and I think it was a joke. And I bet Jeff would say the same thing. But we weren't even big enough to even have imposter syndrome. We were like, you know, two dudes doing a podcast in their mother's basement or something even though it was XM and even though like, you know, we did interview some players and stuff, but that was like only early on. We just didn't really go after that after a while there, you know, we used to interview Adrian Peterson, Albert Pujols and Roy holiday, all these guys. But after about 2011, we didn't even, we had no interest in that. Even we didn't even want to, I don't know We're just going on and on, but I, no, no, but this is good stuff. I'm telling you, you're, but but, but my, my my point, my point is just that like, not only we were not successes (laughs) and we did not consider ourselves successes and we did not have imposter syndrome. We just were just like, yeah, we have this job. Like, cause then so they're putting us on the air and we know that people connected because, you know, people like you, when you were listening and there were, you know, a bunch of you guys like, like, Oh, we love the show. And you know, I really appreciate this. Or, you know, I love that joke or whatever. So we got good feedback on occasion and we got some bad feedback too, once in a while, which was funny. And it was actually some of the best feedback, not cause we took it seriously, but because it was hilarious. Okay. But you know, I don't know, just from my, my standpoint, like there was no success. We, we, you know, like we, we won an award one year and we never won again. And I was like, I was, I was like, the biggest travesty ever is that we don't win every year. But that was a joke, right. I knew, And I don't know. It's just it well, just here like- here's
1: the proof that it was that I'll, I'll give you one last final point right. on this. The, the that uh, Peter says that the Sir, your serious show with Jeff was one of the biggest drivers of subscriptions to the website, which directly impacted your bottom line, right? Yeah, As, we
0: made money, but but if it, if it was you know anybody on that XM show. But it um, wasn't.
1: It happened to be you. It would have probably been so some amount of money. You can marginalize yourself. And yeah, no, say, no, I'm not.
0: I'm not saying I was. I didn't do a good job. Or I wasn't. I was. I was happy with for the most part with what we did. Jeff and I. I felt good about that. I didn't feel shitty about that. I feel good about it now. But I. I don't feel like we were especially successful, especially known, especially renowned, especially rich about it. Anything. I just feel like we just did a show. And we enjoyed it, and I was happy with the work. And that's really—I'm not bullshitting to try to like be humble or anything. Literally, that's all it was. And then I sent the codec back to Rotowire headquarters when I left, and that's it, you know. And and I'm sure just as many people listen, and I'm sure that well, probably less because they moved you guys to a shit time slot. But um, but like you know, I'm sure you're getting just as many subscriptions, and good. It was good for me. It was a good job for me. I, you know, I can talk for five hours, and so. I was just it was just a good job to have for somebody who'll talk. That that was it, you know.
1: Yep. Well, the the because you guys thought like that, which is why the the show it meant to meant a lot to so many people. As you saw when we did a little uh tribute YouTube video, you got, you know, there was some some people that just don't email me back when I email them. Any, anytime I said, "Hey, we're going to do a little tribute to Chris Lis and Jeff, two seconds later, I would get an email back. Sure. No problem. Let's do it. All those type of things. So it, the, the show it obviously did something right because people, uh, you impact a lot of people, both in industry and then whatever, however you want to define success with your listenership. So, I mean, that was an interesting tangent, but it's, it's comforting for me to know that you just thought it was just some podcast thing. That's maybe that was maybe nowadays when there's no barrier to entry to do a podcast, but in the, in the, when uh, the serious fantasy sports channel started, there was still not a lot of podcasts out there. So there was like that five, eight year period where if you wanted premium fantasy sports content, you had to go to Sirius XM.
0: You know, I fucked up. My friend Adam told me like 2006 that podcasting was the shit and I needed to get into it. And I like bought this shitty mic and I couldn't get it to work with my software. And I just, (laughs) I just never got it going. Right. And, And we didn't start podcasting until like 2013, 14, 15. You know, if I'd started a football podcast in 2006, like that would have been, that would have been the thing. And that's, that's yep. the biggest and, error I made. And he,
1: uh, Evan Silva, does great work. But think about how early he got in Not Maybe not as early as like Matthew Berry or those guys. But Evan was in on it so early. He was like the guy you went to go
0: read in the mainstream. And oh, the fantasy footballers had a huge, have a huge podcast and They started, they started early. But that, you know, that was a big, I should have listened to my friend and like, I just kind of gave up. I should have got, I need a guy like you who knows all the technical shit. And you'd be like, no, (laughs) no, no, you just need to get this mic and this software. And I I was, I was like, just, I don't know why I've,
1: I've thought about it a million times. Like, oh man, I wish that I would have just, you know started doing this so much earlier, but you could say that anytime I, I used to DJ in nightclubs. I said, Oh man, I wish it was my twenties and early thirties. I wish I would have started 10 years before that. I wish I would have, you know, you could always say, but meanwhile in 10 years now, people are going to say, Oh, I wish I started when we all, when I started, you know, it's, I wish I
0: got Bitcoin at 10 bucks. I wish I got it a thousand bucks.
1: That's a perfect example. Hey, can I just promote one thing? Go ahead. uh, um, We're doing a, I I know you're not huge into the dynasty, but we're doing a, uh, I got a new dynasty, fantasy football show on Sirius XM we've already posted two episodes we just recorded two more We're it's basically it's a live show only on dynasty it's called the dynasty hour and if you have Sirius XM and love dynasty fantasy football just put in the search the dynasty hour and I believe now there's four episodes posted I just bring on the a different...
0: dynasty hour who are you doing with
1: so I I'm solo hosting and I bring on a co-host every time so I've had Matt Kelly from player profiler on I had uh my former broadcasting partner, the geek. I had Jordan McNamara
0: from football guys. So I, I, I (laughs) I like the geek, I hold that against him for the rest of his life. I think that team was actually bad. He was probably right, but he gave me a C plus. I was like, that's bullshit to give me a C plus.
1: That's why he's great because he doesn't give it. uh, By the way, you know, he said something, he said something very complimentary about you the other day. He, he had said that uh, just unprovoked, we weren't even talking about, he said, Hey, I love uh, following Chris Liss's tweets. He goes, I really like the, the way he, you know, he, he connects with how you think about things and it was totally unsolicited or unrelated. and he. This was like the other day. So uh, as much as you're cursing him right now, he had only good things to say about it's you. It's
0: very nice of you, uh, the geek, Kevin. Yeah. But yeah. fuck that. That was not a C-plus track. That was a C-plus minimum. <laughs> no, the thing is, the thing is, I think it didn't make the playoffs. I can't remember how it did. Yeah. I think if it did well, I would have remembered. But I just remember it being like, C-plus. 2018. Like, uh, long I don't know. I don't know. All right, man. This is a good long podcast. Check out the Dynasty. What's it called? The Dynasty Hour? Mm-hmm. Dynasty hour on Sirius XM. Alan's hosting that. If you're into dynasty football. All right, man, good stuff. Thanks for coming on.
1: Oh, anytime, anytime.